With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. What a weekend that we're recapping it with you here on B&E. If you've been with us all morning, we appreciate that. If you're just jumping in, welcome. Final hour of four here on B&E. Obviously recapping the NBA draft. Five Longhorns drafted over the three days, including Roshan Johnson to the Bears, early fourth round to Marvion Overshump to your Dallas Cowboys with pick 90 overall. Big 12 buck had 40 players drafted. If you can, If you count the four schools coming in, Houston and BYU and Cincinnati, 40 Big 12 kids taken. 30 kids from the state of Texas drafted over the weekend, including three of the local products that we've talked about, Deuce Vaughn and Elijah Higgins, O'Shawn Mathis, all selected. Congratulations to those young guys. Uh, opportunity now. Dreams come true. Yep. With those phone calls over the weekend. thought that was really cool. Also, Buck, the uh, Texas baseball team going for a sweep today. We mentioned Tanner Witt to start today. Can I mention... Uh, on a good side, that uh, LeBaron Johnson Jr. and what he did yesterday, that dude, man, when he is going, he is filthy. He was outstanding for Texas yesterday in that win. They win it three to two, but he was a big part of it. We know Porter Brown threw out the base runner at the plate to uh, to preserve the win and close the game down. But DJ Burke started the game, pitched two innings, gave up their three innings, gave up two two innings, gave up two runs. Then LeBaron Johnson, LBJ came in and pitched six and a third innings, three hits, no runs allowed through 85 pitches. He was outstanding. And it's one of those, you know, this Texas baseball team has been frustrating. They're 30 and 15, but it's one of those, man, if you get Tanner Witt back and he can emerge here through the month of May and work that arm strength back to go with Lucas Gordon and you get a guy like LBJ to step to the front and give you, you know, a top-end starter, which it feels like he can be with the rest of the pitching staff, that, that makes this team pretty formidable. But LBJ, man, putting on a show yesterday in TCU and holding that game right where it was so the Longhorns could get the game winner and get that ball game to win the series. Now they'll play tonight. By the way, the team in the Big 12 to watch now is West Virginia. Really, yeah, West the Morgantowners. I saw that. They went into Waco over the weekend and swept the Baylor Bears, and they are sitting atop the Big 12. I think they're 11-4 and four now in the Big 12. Texas is 10-7. and seven. Longhorns still get a three-game series with West Virginia. That's at the end, isn't it? Yeah, last series of the year here, here in Austin. So we'll see if that can become a – a crucial series. Longhorns trying to shake off that sweep at the hands of Oklahoma. This and then, past is that weekend. the last time they play each other? Then, no, they'll remember. Will they, will they spring sports will play in the SEC again they next will? year. Yeah, okay. Got one more year uh, with the Big Twelve. One full year. Like the SEC move will begin summer of twenty four. So it'll start with the football and the fall sports. But yes, next year will they will also be a Big Twelve team. But uh, yeah, so that came down draft. We had a couple of game sevens, three game sevens yesterday, which were a lot of fun. In the NHL, the Boston Bruins took it on the chin. What a brutal way to end an historic season. That has led us to the conversation about best team 
in all team sports, the best team never to win the whole championship, to be the that good in the regular season and not finish it. Uh, they joined that because they went 65-12-5. You know it's brutal, Buck, when, I, when a team that you've got people on the blitz hitting Camilla McKay, wow. Tom McKay's daughter, because <laughs> she gets on that commercial and talks about her Bruins. Well, they went out. Now, New England also claims one of the best teams never to win it, and that was the 08 Patriots, 07-08 Patriots that got to 18-0. and then the Giants. David Tyree and the Eli Manning and the Giants. Tom Coughlin got them. Well, you know, we know what Tom Brady's legacy already is, but think about if Eli didn't beat him twice in the Super Bowls in close games with miracle catches. I mean, Brady would have even a greater resume, which is hard to believe. All speaking of resumes, how about Steph Curry? 50 in a Game 7. He's in the debate now as all-time best point guard in league history. Look, he already was, but when he does things like yesterday in a closeout on-the-road game at Sacramento after the Warriors had coughed up Game 6 at home and looked like, oh, man, Sacramento is going to steal this series going back into Sacramento. Not and, so fast there, Sacramento. And we said it earlier, but you kind of knew early. Steph had that look in his eye. This is going to be a be a long day. Long day. Also, what, I mean, it happened already but earlier in the day, but how about the Miami Heat? This team is all of a sudden Jimmy Butler. I know their Tyler Hero's out, but they already went through Milwaukee, the team with the best record, and now they're a game up on the Knicks with a road win. This, this is becoming the team nobody wants to play, it feels like, uh, in the Eastern Conference. But uh, good one tonight, Buck. I know you'll be watching Boston and Philly. Celtics and 76ers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Game one of that series. Those two cities don't like Joel each other. Joel Embiid's been sitting around for two weeks. Yeah, they're waiting. They should be fresh. Well, James Harden, you could have gotten some strip club time in. You know what I'm saying? Oh, sorry. Sorry, James. Remembering old things with with James. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, really for the heat, for the uh, Sixers right now, it's about Tyrese Maxey. Oh, yeah. Um, that backcourt, James Harden is just a complimentary piece what? to what they do with Jordan. What do you mean? Big game James has got it going on now. Yeah, it's big game Butler. <laughs> big game playoff Jimmy Butler. It's not big game James. No? Well, ask Rockets fans. Brooklyn Nets fans. I mean, come on. Uh, big game for sure. But uh, So that was big part of the weekend. Texas Rangers took three out of four from your Yankees yes. after you com- com- Declared them dead Uh-oh. on arrival after I game did. one. Uh-oh. I did after game one. After, yeah. Ty, did you take in a Rangers game while you're up in the Metro? No, that was my original plan when I decided I was going up this weekend. But the the Texas TCU game took took priority over the. Well, the that Rangers. was yeah, that was the night game at six o'clock. So yeah, Longhorns took that ball game. Lucas Gordon, by the way, is part of the good. That dude's been the best starter in the Big Twelve, most consistent player in the Big Twelve at that position. He has given the Longhorns a chance to win every single ball game. Uh, as we said, he's been just lights out on Friday night. And the two games he didn't, the Longhorns didn't win that he started, they led or were tied when he left the ball game. So gave the Longhorns a chance. He was tremendous. And then yesterday we mentioned LBJ and the throwout at home. Uh, but the Rangers, though, uh-oh, we kind of put a date on it. May 1st, actually it was April 29th. When did the Rangers first put Jacob deGrom on the injured list? Jeez. That came over the weekend. Injured list on his right forearm tightness. Yeah. Right forearm See tightness. See you after the 4th of July. <sighs> Come much, on, DeGrom. How much did they give him? Ty, what's the investment in DeGrom? It's big. He's 34. You're going to be very careful with that big ticket investment, are we not? Yes. Now, down in Houston, the Astros almost got swept by the Phillies. Cody Clemens was jacking home runs over the weekend in the World Series rematch down at Minute Maid Park. And uh, they got the win last night, though, 4-3. to three, And a big part of it was Jose Urquidy. Who had to leave that game in the sixth inning with shoulder soreness. That's never good. 
Jose's been a workhorse for the Astros, so they're already down Lance McCullers. He should be coming back here at some mm-hmm. point, but uh, that would not be a good piece of news. We'll keep an eye on both of those injuries for the uh, Rangers and the Astros. By the way, don't, uh, don't we talk about the uh, Austin FC struggling out of the gate here? They're, well, they're just bad right now in soccer. They played to a 2-2 draw with San Jose over the weekend. They have not won a match in quite a while now. But uh, don't sleep on the Round Rock Express out of Dell Diamond. They beat Sacramento again yesterday, Buck. They're 18-6. and six. Ooh. Like This is a really good ball club. We talked about it with the Rangers, all the acquisitions they made in the offseason, kind of putting a cap on you know, the, some of their better young players being able to move up where there were going to be open spots. The Rangers filled them through free agency and trades, especially on the pitching staff. Well, gosh, I mean, they've uh, those that team's really good out at the Dell Diamond. So get a chance to get out there and see them here as the spring turns to summer. Uh, but last thing, Buck, on a really bad, the ugliest thing is we haven't talked about this morning because there's been so much to talk about. The Ron Holland defection from the Longhorn basketball program. This was yeah. an absolute. The only description is an absolute just punch in the gut for Rodney Terry and the Longhorns. Came down on Friday. Ron Holland, the uh, five-star forward from Duncanville, reopened his recruitment. Said uh, he had committed. He, like, he signed at Texas. Uh, he's already you know he signed to play here, but he says he's reopening the recruitment. Uh, other schools are coming after him now. Um, you know, he says Texas will still be in strong consideration, but he wants to be re-recruited. No, this will be really hurt if if he's being re-recruited by colleges and he's not running off to the pros. That's that's the one that'll really hurt. Yes, if he goes to Arkansas. Yes, or anywhere. But that that anywhere is, but here. Uh, and the uncertainty of what his plan is, because there's you know these guys all have people giving them advice, and you should do this, and that uh, Ron Holland may consider going to the G League. I mean, I understand. I mean, I understand if it's a money thing. Sure. I don't understand if it's a school thing. Yeah, that will be frustrating if it's a different school, uh, and it's all uncertain. Now he just says he's reopening his recruitment, and uh, Arkansas is a team that, that's talking. Of course, everybody's going to call him. I mean, he's a five-star player. Sure. And was seen as a walk-in starter on the Longhorn front line. So get in there and get him. Yeah, that is. Uh, that's a brutal blow for Rodney Terry. Now, yeah, that just seemed like something that just came out of nowhere too. I mean, that, that's a long. I mean, that's a long time to hold a kid, too. The only thing I saw on it, I read a lot, Longhorn-centric sites and things, and we listen to a lot. They, The day that A.J. Johnson, the kid from L.A., decommitted, I said on the air, at least Ron Holland is still solid. Somebody texted and says, not so fast on Ron Holland. I don't know if that was just mm. one of our texters being a wise guy, but I, it became I'll take prophetic. It at that. I'll take it at that. It became prophetic, uh, obviously, and that's – I mean, the Longhorns are, are excited about Caden Shedrick coming in, Max Aismas coming in, got that commitment last week, which was huge. They need some more bodies, though. They do. I mean, they need a lot more they can't bodies. can't fill out a roster right now. Uh, they, they expect Tyrese Hunter to return from his uh, draft uh, – NBA draft flirtation. Same with uh, potentially Dylan Mitchell. Well, Dylan Mitchell now becomes a big name here because I was told last week on the, on the heels of the Max Aismas commitment – and Caden Shedrick, the big man from Virginia, that a um, good friend of mine who's tied tied to the program was hearing that they're feeling all right about Dylan Mitchell, that maybe Dylan Mitchell's not going to get the draft love he was hoping for and that he may return and he plans to play at Texas if he does. Well, again, Dylan Mitchell and Ron Holland play a similar position. They're similar body types. You know, I'm not saying it's it makes the Ron Holland news any less crushing. Same time, Dylan Mitchell would be a guy that you could put back into your front line and hopefully... I'm sure you're expecting him to be better anyway. Yeah, with the, with the advice from the NBA, you know, further develop your offensive game. The Longhorns can make him more of a focal point of their offense and play run some plays through him, which they didn't do last year. Dylan Mitchell becomes a big one. And the Longhorns are hosting two more portal players this week. 
Hunter is the guy for me that's most important, and I'm not buying until I see it, until I feel it, until he's here. Yeah, well, well, I just, like, I just, that, he's the guy. He's the guy for but me. I, to, to me, it feels just like the Marcus Carr thing. Marcus Carr was not going to get a first or second round draft grade from the NBA, and I don't think Tyrese Hunter will. So, and if you're not getting a grade where they're telling you you're going to be drafted over the two rounds, why wouldn't you come back and play here? Well, I mean, you can go because you, you can go back and play a lot sure. of places. Sure. Do you think they go? Like, do you think they start recruiting new freshmen? At this point for next year, is it all? Is this going to be no freshman coming in? Well, I mean, it makes portal. it difficult, right? If both players entered the portal, or both players are going to the G League that you recruited this year, you've already had Mark. I mean, Arterio Morris transferred out. He was right. part of your recruiting class last year. Rowan Brumbaugh transferred out already, and Arterio Morris, by the way, committed to play at Kansas after visiting the Jayhawks. So now you're going to have to play uh, Arterio Morris in Big Twelve play the next two seasons. Uh, no, it's not ideal, but I, I just everything we've heard on Tyrese Hunter is he's already told Rodney Terry if he, if he's not going to the draft, he's coming back to Texas. Uh, he'll be back here if he's not in the NBA draft, and I don't think he's going to get the gray. He's not going to be told, hey, we're going to draft you, and that's what you're waiting on with Dylan Mitchell. But the Longhorns are going to host two more portal players this week. There's a kid from UTEP who they like, and there's we've heard, talked about the kid at UT Arlington who, who was out of the Metroplex and was the WAC um, freshman of the year. In his one year at UTA, so he's a guy to keep an eye on too. Yeah, but they got to fill a roster. I mean, they're going to yeah. have to, uh, and the, the fluidity of an end, of a college basketball roster has to just be maddening um, for a coach. I mean, you just you don't know. I mean, it could go, remember Longhorns didn't get the commitment from Jabari Rice until summer last year. Yeah, it's just a long time. I mean, for when you hold, have a high school kid and you hold them that long, and then a season goes through, and then the portal starts, and people start transferring into. A school where you were going to go. I mean, it just gets to be. That's a lot of hold on to right there. I know. I mean, it's plus the, he's a talented enough guy to be possible well, lottery pick. We know it's an uncertain time in college athletics. We had the conversation all last week about Deion Sanders essentially cutting guys and telling them to get gone, which we've never seen before. And obviously, a lot of these moves that we're seeing now, you know, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. It can be a great thing, but it also players have that freedom to change their mind. And uh, we'll talk on the show tomorrow. We'll get Jerry Hamilton on the show from Inside Texas. He'll be locked in on that uh, Ron Holland situation because Jerry covers college football recruiting but also the basketball recruiting really well. So he'll have good sources within the the Holland recruitment and the the school and the family and what's going on up there with Ron Holland out of Duncanville because I guess there's still some optimism he could re- commit back to Texas. Well, uh, but, yeah, I mean, if he's still I mean, if he says he's still interested in Texas, you just start fighting now. Yeah, for sure. And you know, does he want Commitments of playing time and things of that nature. We'll talk to Jerry about that tomorrow. Uh, Ron, uh, Rodney Terry uh, from a really good week with two commitments through the portal to the gut punch on Friday that uh, um, Ron Holland is reopening that recruitment. So uh, part of the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend for the Longhorns and for all of the, the sports landscape. Cowboys, where are we on this Cowboys draft? Ty, what's your overall thought? Were you happy, pleased, underwhelmed? What's the adjective you would put on the Cowboys selections? I'm happy. I mean, they they got players at all the positions that I thought they needed to look at. Uh, especially, I mean, I, the more I the more time that has passed since this Mozzie Smith pick, I like it more and more. Uh, just watching some of his tape, because he wasn't one of those guys I was really even looking at in, uh, in that first round for them. But man, he's a athletic beast, and I think he should really help sure up the run defense next year because that was 
He's my a, my biggest issue going into the offseason. Yeah, he is such a power at the middle. I, I don't like the second-round pick at 58, uh, the schoonmaker pick, the tight end from Michigan, but the Cowboys were clearly going to take a tight end early in this draft. They almost took Dalton Kincaid out of Utah in the first round before the Bills traded ahead of them. Uh, so they were going to get one, and there was a run on tight ends. We told you this was a deep class, and I, it goes back go back to the free agent period when guys like Dalton Schultz didn't get much of a sniff in free agency because teams knew the draft board was deep with tight ends. Uh, Cowboys, you know, who made him their franchise player the year before, let Dalton Schultz walk down to Houston on a one-year deal. Uh, but Schoonmaker seemed early, but they liked the player, they liked the traits. I did make the notebook that while, while the Cowboys are gobbling up Michigan players, Philadelphia is gobbling up Georgia players. Yes. I'd rather you be taking it to Georgia players. For sure. And the reason it's of note is that when the Cowboys drafted it, 26, they could have taken Nolan Smith, the pass rusher from Georgia. And then at 20, at 58, they could have taken Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia, the big 6'7 monster. He went to Pittsburgh later in the third round or second round. So, you know, you're going Michigan guys who you liked. Your, your rival in the division are going Philadelphia. They're taking Eagles guys. They're, they're taking Georgia. Taking Georgia guys. How's that working out? As they're now calling them in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Bird Dogs. Wow. Philadelphia Bird Dogs. Uh, I that's scary to me because if you're a Cowboys fan and you're in the NFC, that was a great defense. That 2021 Georgia defense on par with the best college football defenses in the last 25 years. They allowed 2.6 yards rushing. Remember, they, they, they dominated. Then, then Alabama beat them in the championship game. Then they turned around and suffocated and choked out Alabama to win the national championship. Oh, no, they're preparing for just not only next year, but for the future right, way down the line with those yeah, young I mean, guys. They're, they're, it's a nice transition. And you're bringing in you know five guys on your defense that know each other really well, right? Mm-hmm. They played together already. They won championships together. That has to be an aspect of camaraderie there. That, Is that always a good thing, though? Well, Especially I mean, Jalen Carter, who's, you know— Kind of gotten already got into some big trouble with his teammates. Well, I mean, they're in with the pros. Now. They're trying to win. Now they're trying to win a soup. Now they're trying to win Super Bowl. I mean, well, they're they. Well, I got to think there's familiarity and comfortability that hey, I know Nolan Smith. They, hey, look who's there. There's uh, Jordan Davis. Who and those guys aren't going to be able afraid to tell him if you're jacking around. Right. They're going to be able to tell him they've known him a long time. Well, maturity is going to be the only issue with Jalen Carter, who might have been pound for pound the best player in this draft, and the Eagles got him a nine. Then you take Nolan Smith, who also slid for a lot of teams who had them high on a board. He's the the freak edge rusher who got hurt this year, so we didn't get to see him yeah, when it mattered Keely most. Ringo will end up being a, a safety by the time they're done with well, him. Keely Ringo at corner, potentially safety down the road, just the flat-out speed. But, man, impactful. I mean, this is the guts of the defense that won two national championships. I mean, and the 2001 defense was better than this year's, so they already had two of those. N'Kobe Dean was kind of the heart and soul at linebacker. They drafted him last year, Jordan Davis, and now three more this year. And they trade for DeAndre Swift. I mean, come yes. on. Last year on draft weekend, it was A.J. Brown in the first round. This time they bring in a really good running back who, again, he doesn't have to be a feature running back in Philadelphia. Nope. He's, a, he's a piece of what they do. But he's an, DeAndre Swift is an upgrade from Miles Sanders, without a doubt. I mean, Ty, Ty you're rolling your eyes. You don't think DeAndre Swift is an update from up, upgrade from Miles Sanders? No, I mean, he's constantly hurt or suspended or I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I think if Detroit, an up-and-coming team like that, that does like to run the ball, I realize they've drafted Jameer Gibbs, but if you're willing to get rid of him for that price on draft night, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to have the a Miles Sanders-type impact on that offense next year. I think Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the lead back. Well, I think he's an upgrade. Uh, from you think Miles so? Sanders you think Gainwell? I, I, I never thought they would like him for a Boston Scott's a still there. Of, they signed yeah. Rashad Penny. 
I never thought of them having him as that guy with all those carries. He was the lead, the lead back in the Super Bowl. He had like well, I mean, twenty carries. That's in the a, Super Bowl. Look, I mean, it's pretty clear in the game. I mean, for the season, he was either lead. He wasn't a lead ball carrier. No. Well, if you go back to his two years ago stats, I mean, he was an elite player, DeAndre Swift, mm-hmm. receiving out of the backfield. He's a lot like Bijan. He's just, you know, he was a first round draft pick when he came out of Georgia. Uh, and, you know, I, it's pretty clear to me that Dan Campbell has a philosophy and a way he wants to play. And, you know, the fact that they, they signed David Montgomery away from the Bears and free agents and then, and then drafted Jameer Gibbs, you know, that's their direction at, at running back. Yeah, they're about to load Jameer Gibbs up with a lot of carries and a lot of catches. And, well, and, tons of catches. Well, and part of the DeAndre Swift thing is he was going into the last year of his deal and he was starting to ask for more money. Sure. Which the Eagles are what they gave up to get him. The Eagles are going to say, look, right, you're playing, you can go be a free agent. You play here for a year, help us win a Super Bowl, uh, play for your contract, and then we're not going to franchise tag you. You go ahead and hit that market, and we'll, we'll find uh, another guy. We'll find another guy, but you can put up big numbers in this offense playing next to Jalen Hurts. I like the move for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. We we'll take your thoughts on that. I like the moves the Eagles made. I thought they they separated further from the Cowboys and the Niners in the NFC. Well, once the Cowboys get Zeke back, yeah, exactly. Yeah, come on. Zeke. Nobody's really talking about that, but you. <laughs> well, by Jerry, the way. Well, Jerry, Jerry was about asked about it, and he said oh. the door is not closed. On oh, is Zeke's that what he return. said? The door yeah. is not closed. Right. So it could happen. Those workout videos will be coming in soon. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. You know who's going to get those carries? That little guy is going to get all those carries that Zeke was going to get. And on the Texans, we talked to John Harris last hour. I mean, the draft. Uh, Dane Brugler at theAthletic.com. Puts out that beast athletic guy, the draft guide, which is phenomenal. He has the Eagles with the number one draft of the weekend. He's got the uh, Seattle. He's got no. He's got the Colts number two because mm. he had a high. He, he really likes the potential of Anthony Richardson and Anthony Richardson going to play for Shane Steichen is interesting. Steichen just came from Philadelphia where he helped develop Jalen Hurts and you know that offense. They're going to go a very similar route. He also was in with the Chargers when Jalen uh, when uh, Justin Herbert was drafted. So he's got experience developing young quarterbacks and. Um, you know, obviously Anthony Richardson is a very raw prospect at this point, but he likes their draft, not just Richardson, but overall. They got good value up and down, the Indianapolis Colts did. And then the Texans, he Dane Brewer has the Texans ranked third. Um, and I thought John Harris put this well. Yes, the Texans gave up a lot to move back up to take Will Anderson, but as John explained it, they, they, they gave up this year's number 33 and next year's number one for the ability to take both, right? Was it, it was right, not it was just the one. Right. It was about being able to come out of this draft with both guys. And yes, it was a lot, but they needed a quarterback, but they loved Will Anderson. And to com- combine them to, to have a face of the franchise on both sides of the ball now with a new head coach was worth it. Now, look, if we get to next year and the Texans are, that's a top five pick that they just gave to Arizona, and Arizona's sitting with the one pick and the four pick, which could be because they may have the worst year, the Arizona Cardinals, with no Kyler Murray this year. Uh, they could have two really high picks, which obviously we know next year is Caleb Williams, Drake May, potentially Quinn Ewers, and others. So uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. will be a part of next year's draft at wide receiver, who's going to be an elite prospect. So, you know, did they give up a lot? Yes, but the the Texans would tell you, we have our new coach, we now have our quarterback of the future, and we took a, a, a game wrecker on the defensive side of the ball who our defensive coordinator head coach loves who can become the face. And that's why I said with John, this wasn't a draft move. This was a rebranding of the team. This was, okay, this was what the Texans were, and now we're moving forward with a new coach, a new quarterback, a new defensive star. And over two years, we got two nice defensive pieces. And it's true, they still have their number one from next year with the Browns, right? The Browns pick still belongs to Houston next year. 
And they also picked up a fourth-round pick in this draft in that trade, which they drafted TCU's Dylan Horton in the fourth round, pretty pretty close to where Roshan Johnson was picked. The Texans took Dylan Horton, who led the Big 12 in sacks last year, coming off the edge uh, and you know stunting in there for Sonny Dykes and company. So I think they liked the idea of getting Will Anderson and um, Dylan Horton in that trade, and they still keep a number one next year with the Browns. So take your thoughts. It's everybody's opinion the Monday after. We won't know the real impact of these picks for several years, but uh, always good conversation. We'll pick up your favorite picks for your favorite team. Coming back on b it's Bucky and Aaron. All right, back on our salacious gossip. We talked about duct tape on a plane engine. Several aviation experts, which I knew we have yes. aviation experts who listen to our show, uh, have emailed and texted to say, hey, hey, that's okay. They have uh, that tape is aluminum based. Aluminum based and is, is used all over the airline industry to tape. Airline engines. and race cars. Race cars. Race cars. But if I see you out there with a roll of tape, I'm like, bye. <laughs> Get another plane. <laughs> I don't care what base it is. Well, don't panic. Don't panic. Especially if it's up near the wing. Hey, uh, can we break some big concert news? Which All is right. funny because we couldn't break it until after 9 o'clock, but it was broken before that by Live Nation at 8 o'clock. Oh, uh, I, I got the email at 8, but uh, this is somewhat breaking news because maybe you haven't heard of it, but uh, our friends over at Live Nation and the Moody, Amp- the Moody Center have announced this morning, Buck. How about this? This is big time. This is big time. Aerosmith announcing their final tour ever. Peace out. Peace out? Rock icon history, their last run. That is right, and they're coming with the Black Crows, which is going to be an incredible concert. Steven Tyler, Chris Robinson, and the Black Crows. It's the farewell tour after 50 years, 10 world tours, and playing for over 100 million fans. Time for one last go. Steven Tyler, who likes him young. Oop, did I say that? Uh, and Aerosmith, along with the Black Crows, coming to the Moody, Moody Center October 23rd. Can they bring Jimmy Buffett along with them? Is that last tour? No? Those teams aren't even the same planet together. <laughs> what are you talking about, Jimmy Buffett? No, Aerosmith. You went to Boston College. Wasn't Aerosmith a big deal? And yes, they up were in Boston. When you yes, were up there? Absolutely. Um, but yes, I mean, the tickets will go on sale Friday at 10 a.m., and uh, if you listen tomorrow to this show and this you station. You say Carly Simon was blowing up? That, did you say that? Blowing somebody. <laughs> Not me. Somebody in this room. Not her husband. Back in the day. <laughs> well, she might have been doing that too. Yeah. Just not that particular time with the Bucks. So they are done, huh? Yeah, Aerosmith, 50th anniversary tour. And they're going to let it rip. So the tickets go on sale on Friday, Cinco de Mayo at 10 in the morning. But if you listen to this show and this station tomorrow, your chance to win tickets. Win tickets before you can buy them, we like to say. Get on in there and get on in there. I'm in for that because it's, I love the Black Crows. And I love uh, I do, I mean, Aerosmith plays hit after hit, and Steven Tyler can still bring it, without a doubt. Rodney from Rev Dub Sports, of course, called us and says, hey, it's called Bearer's Tape Bond. Bearer Bond? I'm still not. It doesn't Bearer matter what tape. it's called. Yeah, Rodney's the race car guy. He knows these things. Race if got I, canceled this weekend. What the heck happened? Rained out. Tony Finau won in Mexico, Buck. That ain't right. Tony Finau. He's been, hey, he broke the curse. He's been winning recently, right? He's got he's four wins. Few, he's got a few wins this year. Yes. He's on fire. On fire. He's, he's his putter is on fire. He's a hell of a player. Now, you know, his next step is going to win to win a major, right? I mean, yes. you've seen John Robb now win a Masters on top of his U.S. Open. And um, he needs to finish a major. But feels like Tony Finau, it's only one of those guys, only a matter of time. That he's going to. 
It's like Xander Shoffley. It's only a matter of time. But Tony's been around longer than that. So here's what's interesting about NFL draft grades. Okay, draft grades are silly, right? We talk. I love the draft. I'm a draft nerd. I geek out about it. I uh, love watching it. I watch as much of it as I can. Uh, but you know, I'm not big on the whole grade thing. There, there are picks I love. There are drafts that I thought really were strong, and that's that's fine. But the great idea. I know. I know websites and. The media companies, they want their experts to do it and put a grade on it. But the grades are silly because, as we mentioned, the Cowboys were ranked 24th in Dane Brugler's rankings, 1-32. to Pete Prisco at CBS had the Cowboys at an A. NFL.com said they had a B plus, But no one knows. And I always cite this. So, you remember the Legion of Boom, Seattle Seahawks team, Buck? Right. So, in 2012, they had a draft that, if you go back to the draft analysis of it, was panned by everybody. Uh, everybody. I mean, it was an F. I mean, I saw. I, mean, I, I still have some copies of, of draft grades where worst draft we've ever seen. Well, in that draft, first three picks were Bruce Irvin, Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson. Picks 15, 47, and, and 75. They also drafted Robert Turbin in that draft. But those three guys went on to become the heart and soul of the two-time Super Bowl run there, right? The win that right. should have been two if they'd have given it to the beast mode. Oh. <sighs> But Bobby Wagner was the heart and soul of the defense. Russell Wilson became the heart and soul of the offense. Pete Carroll. The de- I mean, the, these are the things that are that are funny because the NFL.com this today, Buck, has the Seattle Seahawks draft. Last year's draft, not this year, but last year, they gave NFL.com, the, the, the league's own website, right, gave the Seahawks a C plus for their draft last year. But the Seahawks knocked it out of the park. They had six starters they drafted, including both their tackles, Charles Cross and Abram Lucas. Mm-hmm. They drafted Kenneth Walker. They drafted the kid uh, Tariq Wooten out of uh, UTSA, the roadrunner, who was was an all-rookie player. Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati. Yeah, Kobe Bryant, the other corner opposite Sauce Gardner. I mean, they had six starters, and they had more players in that rookie class play more snaps than any other team. Yet, of course, the day after, the NFL.com gives them a C+. Uh, it doesn't. No one knows. No one knows. I mean, because the Cowboys, this kid's schoonmaker from Michigan is really good, and he replaces Dalton Schultz and goes along with uh, Turd Ferguson, the tight end. The Cowboys are going to be fine. The old Turd. <laughs> I like the Mazzy, Mazzy Smith. It's just, again, snap opinions. We don't I just know. knew what was going to happen with the Texans. They were going to say, that's the guy we wanted the whole time. And that's fine because you're well, going to take either one, right? If you keep saying that, that's not true. The Texans you- had Bryce, High, Bryce Young graded higher than C.J. Stroud. They would have. They would have. But drank. John just said that this is this well, was their guy. Well, John what, just came on and said well, that well, C.J. Stroud was their guy the whole time. They would not have taken C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young if they could have. They, he was their guy because the the guy wasn't available. That's why they took C.J. Stroud. But they had a higher grade. Everybody. But I'm just going to say they're going to tell you that's the guy that we but want. Just because they say it doesn't mean it's true. I mean, there's the fact. The fact is they would have taken C.J. Stroud over C, over Bryce Young, if or Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud if they could have. But they couldn't because they screwed up the end of the year. But either way. But of course they're going to say this is our guy because we couldn't have that guy. Uh, that that's right, because they all do that. Everyone does that when that happens eventually. They say, no, that's you our guy. You've got to you gotta, you gotta back your quarterback. Or you got to back your quarterback and your fans But there's by no yes. doubt that if they had had the first pick, they would have taken Bryce Young. No doubt. And, and every team in the league that had the first pick or someone would trade up would have taken Bryce Young. Because everybody had Bryce Young with a higher grade than, than C.J. Stroud. Uh, but C.J. Stroud was the next guy. Point, I mean, the point of that is, you know, Houston should have had that first pick. And think about the draft had they taken Bryce Young and traded back up with Arizona oh, to take Will Anderson. That's what I mean. Yeah. Because there is some doubt on C.J. We'll see. I mean, I think he is a, a tremendous pure passer. 
Uh, I think he he has elite traits, but you know if the cognition test has been accurate over time, then you know, that'll be a problem. If he has a hard time reading complex defenses and, and making the right decision in real time and quick time, that becomes problematic. We see quarterbacks. It all will the time. take him time, but um, you know, but he but, is going to be thrown into the fire. Sure, and, and, but again, this says he was their guy at that spot. Yes, with the second pick, he was their guy. Um, they had to take a quarterback. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. They were going to take either one, right? They just had to. But they would have taken Bryce Young if they could have. I mean, that's that's the, the point of fact. Don't, don't rewrite the history on that from the Texan side of things. If they could have, they would have taken Bryce Young. And thanks, Lovey. <laughs> I think it's really cool, though, that all three of those quarterbacks not named Bryce Young are going to be in the same division now moving forward. I mean, the next, next several years will be pretty scintillated in the AFC South. You have Trevor Lawrence, who's the emerging star, Anthony Richardson's in Indianapolis. The, the Titans drafted Will Levis and Houston with C.J. Stroud. So all the evaluation conversation we've had surrounding those players, you know, should you take Anthony Richardson because he's such a raw prospect, Will Levis is better than C.J. Stroud, all those debates, it's going to play out because they're going to be in the same division. They're going to play each other twice a year, every year moving forward, which is kind of cool. And, you know, they're all chasing Trevor Lawrence at this point with the Jacksonville Jags. Sure. Uh, which, as for Will Levis, we told you earlier, Mike Vrabel, uh, said, you know what? I mean, the Texans have said we expect C.J. Stroud to come in here and compete for the starting job immediately. Uh, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, has already said, you know, don't not don't don't essentially saying don't not think that Anthony Richardson could be our starter when the season begins. That's how you get better. So the owner is already speaking for the coach. So that seems like it could be happening. But you know, in Tennessee, they drafted Malik Willis out of Liberty last year in the third round. This year they draft Will Levis. They still have Ryan Tannehill on the roster, who's been their starter. And Mike Vrabel said right now Will Levis is QB3. Like Ryan Tannehill is still our QB1. Malik Willis has earned the right to be QB2, and Will Levis comes in as the third guy. But he can earn the right to move up that depth chart, which is sure. you know, that's what a coach would say. The owner might say otherwise, right, and uh, already put it out there. Um. says, that division stinks. Well, it's the most winnable division in that very tough conference. So if you can take a big step forward in that division, the point of that is Trevor Lawrence is the standard bearer. If Houston got it right. he is, for sure. And and I think he's emerging into that conversation because we know that Trevor Lawrence got no coaching in year one with Urban Meyer, right? It was almost a lost year. He's even talked about how miserable that was. Uh, But last year took huge strides. They made the playoffs. Uh, and and gave the Chiefs a hell of a game in the first round of the playoffs there in Kansas City, and they should be better this year. I mean, they're they get Calvin Ridley, who they traded for last year, added to that offense. Their defense is young and aggressive. Uh, they're the they're the best team in the division. But whichever team took the right quarterback, if Houston got C.J. Stroud right, they're going to be the team in the next couple of years challenging Jacksonville most for the division, because until Tennessee finds a quarterback and, and until. You know, Anthony Richardson proves he's the real deal. The Colts, neither of those teams have a guy uh, solidified. So, and but let's not forget, Buck, the Tennessee Titans were in the Super Bowl, or near nearly in the Super Bowl just a couple years ago, as the number one overall seed. I mean, that they're right there with Mike Vrabel. What do you expect to hear on Derrick Henry? They Stan? didn't trade him. Yeah, that didn't come about, did it? They didn't trade him. Not ready to quite get rid of that old war horse yet. Well, I mean, I think Mike Vrabel still wants <laughs> Mike Vrabel still wants to be able to hand in the ball and uh, pound the rock. But um, all right, so that's what that's the AFC South. Cowboys are in the NFC East, which the NFC is wide open, even coming out of this draft. Philadelphia separates a little bit, but man, the problem for the Cowboys is you get to get to the Super Bowl, you got to get through Philly. 
You may not have as many teams that you have to deal with in the AFC, but you got to get through that group. And you still haven't been able to beat the 49ers in January. Yeah, and as you said, in the AFC, how about uh, the Ravens? They got it done by getting Lamar Jackson to not have an agent and get that done. Yeah, that Put some in cash in his pocket. Big deal. And obviously they drafted Zay Flowers out of Boston College and had their traditional meat and potatoes draft like the Ravens always do. Yes, they did. Um, and AFC locked and loaded. And that's where we talked about going into the draft. Who could, in the NFC, come out and say, we've made a big stride forward you know, on the pecking order? I think Detroit fits that bill. I think Seattle, if they followed up last year's draft with all the starters with another group, uh, including Jackson Smith and Jigba and the top corner on the board and Devon Weatherspoon, and all of a sudden they're right back in that. And they're, because of course, they played the 49ers in the playoffs this year and battled them for the division. I think the, the Seahawks have closed the gap a little bit on the 49ers. They're still the favorites, but the Seahawks right there with Arizona and the Rams falling off. Did Pittsburgh do anything to help out their oh. little hands? Uh, I like the Steelers draft this Do weekend. You? Yeah, we'll get into that coming up. I mean, uh, they had a they had a typical Steeler. I mean, I love the pick of Joey Porter Jr. at the top of two uh, to get Joey Porter's son, a legend in your t- oh, on, yeah. in your franchise, with the first pick of the second round out of Penn State, uh, where a lot of people had a first round grade on him, and he ends up you know with the Steelers. I like what the Steelers did. Now, as far as weapons for Kenny Pickett. I'll look deeper into their draft, but uh, they went. That's what the Steelers do, right? They take meat and potatoes kind of guys. Got a great corner with their first with that, but first pick of the second round. We'll come back, uh, reset these top stories. We'll get you handed off and teed up for the uh, Light the Tower program, which is coming your way at the top. Of course, the rest of the day here on the Horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. Got a nice note from our friend Craig Flowers, who reminds us that uh, Kentucky Derby post draw today at two o'clock, one Eastern, so one o'clock here. Kirk Godby will be calling in tomorrow. The lead, the head man with the Don't Tell My Wife stables. He'll be talking all things draw. And my question for Craig Flowers is, did uh, did Nunley, when he won the Austin Derby, come out of the two-hole? Is that the deal? <laughs> the old deuce. Because <laughs> I think it's a 19-horse field. We had this we had this story over the weekend, Bucker, last week of the horse that was killed, right? Suffered a traumatic leg injury. He was going to be in this field, and now he's not. So I don't know if it drops back to 19. Or... Now he did. Yeah, he's not with us any longer. No. Uh, terrible story. Terrible story. But, yes, we, we look forward to talking to Kirk Godby tomorrow. Also, as we said, we'll get to Jerry Hamilton to get some more on this Ron Holland situation with the Dallas with the uh, Texas Longhorns. I know Jeff Howe will have a lot on that coming up on Light the Tower with Craig because um, there's so much to talk about from the weekend involving the Longhorns and baseball and all the, the five Longhorns drafted, two signed free agent deals. But, man, that, that Ron Holland story really uh, was, a, was a tough one uh, to hear on Friday for, the, for Rodney Terry and the basketball program. But uh, Texas football, five players drafted. Congratulations to Bijan Robinson. We gave you the fact of the day in the uh, 6 o'clock hour that uh, Bijan's first Pop Warner team, when he first started playing football at eight years old, Falcons. Falcons. That'll do it. Full circle. like you. You played for the Vikings. That's why you like the Minnesota Vikings. Played for the – they were called the Raiders, but they had Viking uniforms. <laughs> oh, so we were confused. Cowboys selected DeMarvion Overshow. Yes. We, I had a dream. I had a dream. If you want to go to my Twitter account, at Aaron Hogan, E-R-I-N-H-O-G-A-N, I retweeted the uh, Lewis Riddick audio talking about how good of a pick he thinks that is and Dan Quinn's defense. And remember, Lewis – was a defensive back himself, and his base, best days are yet to come at that position. And I think the same for Roshan Johnson. We read the the quotes from the uh, lead scout on Roshan's recruitment or you know scouting, and said, "Man, we couldn't believe he was still there in the fourth round. We think he becomes a, a foundational piece of our team and our locker room." Uh, they do have De- Deontay Foreman there, 
Who else did they? Who else did the Bears have? They've got the kid Khalil Herbert, who they drafted last year. But Roshan will get in there and compete. And as we know, Roshan will immediately contribute on special teams. Oh, for sure. And he'll. I think his best days are ahead of him. I think the same for Moro Ojimo, drafted in the seventh round by the Eagles. He's the one I worry about more than all of them. What's your biggest concern? That uh, I mean, the the defensive linemen that they already have, they're young. Yeah, they got they got a ton of them. They do Jordan Davis and but which Jaylen means Carter. the old old dudes are out going to be out the door here in two years. Well, Fletcher Cox can't oh, play sure. forever, and uh, they yeah. lost they lost Javon Hargrave in free agency right. to the 49ers. Uh, but yeah, I mean the, the the Eagles may have drafted the replacements for you know, their best deep Brandon Graham and yes they and, have and Fletcher Cox with with this last two drafts and they play a lot of guys too on that defensive line which and is good. Keandre Coburn to the Chiefs, of course, in the sixth round. They need a run plugger, and good luck to Keandre. Uh, Anthony Cook, a deal with the Chiefs as well on a free agent basis, and Deshaun Jameson with the 49ers. So no Craig and Jeff will have more thoughts on that coming up. Also the Texas baseball team playing at 1 o'clock today. Uh, I'm assuming, T.Y., help me with this, is it just Jeff today because Craig is in TCU, or will he join the show? I don't know how that's going to work because Craig's calling the game with Texas and TCU at 1 o'clock today. I'm not sure. I'm hmm. not sure how that's going to play out, but I know there'll be a light the tower coming your way. At Colonel the top Parker. There. And let me mention that uh, Tanner Witt, again, is going to start the game for the Longhorns today. That is um, must listen. Hey, several people said that the Baltimore Ravens signed Antonio Brown. Now, let's clarify this. Antonio Brown reported on his Instagram over the weekend that he has joined the Baltimore Ravens. And he put a tweet out. Uh, the Ravens haven't said anything, okay. <laughs> and he's not on their roster. He says a lot of things. He may want to play for them. Look at it. Look at that tweet. Excited to return to the NFL this year, and he has a Ravens jersey on. I mean, the Ravens and their fans hate Antonio Brown from his days in Pittsburgh. Do they not? Like, hate him. Yeah, what does he do? Have just a bunch of jerseys at his house that know. he throws on? I don't know. Well, everybody was texting us saying, no, he's, they, got the, they got Antonio Brown now. And I'm like... Well, the Ra- I want to let the Ravens know that. They haven't told anybody that. They haven't announced that. Um, well, we'll see. We'll follow that storyline. Good grief. All right. Hey, who wins the basketball tonight, Buck? Your, Celtic, your 76ers in Boston tonight. Game one, Boston. T.Y., where are you feeling? Sixers have been resting. Been resting. I like the Sixers to cover. Boston What's the win. line? Ten. Ooh, Tenth. Ooh, ten. that's a big number. Big old number. Big old juicy number. I like that, too. And I then, like Denver uh, to cover four and a half tonight, too. Suns and Nuggets. Nuggets ran the uh, Suns out of the building on Saturday night in game one with Jamal Murray having a huge game. That game at 9 o'clock tonight, Sixers-Celtics. Let's just make sure we get that Colorado schedule in, Ty. We need to make some money when the season comes because Dion won't shut up. He just he can't stop. And he's not going to have a very good team. No. All right. Well, he's he's throwing. But the, the portal's closed, right? He can't do it. There's no portal's bi- closed. Business closed for him Portal right closed now. Closed on Sunday. Okay. Well, for spring. So, yeah. But Dion's complaining that the NFL didn't draft enough historically black college players, and that may be true. But uh, yeah, Dion in the news again. We'll be back uh, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. with all this to talk about and much, much more. Coming next is light the tower. Whatever the uh, lineup looks like with Craig in Fort Worth, also. Zay and Chad through the midday. Of course, Baldo Lie, 3 to 7 this afternoon. Soccer Matters with Glenn at 7.